loves, it's Leslie Graham with Universal Truth. And I want to talk a little bit about chakras today. And not specifically what all the chakras do, but really the importance of them and recognizing whether they are functioning or not. And maybe some of the things we can do to help them function. Okay. So most people recognize or have heard about chakras. And in that, most of the time, we're just learning about the seven major chakras, okay? So just to recap, we have our first chakra that is our root, second is sacral, third is solar plexus, fourth is heart, fifth is throat, sixth is third eye, and seventh is crown. So it goes up through the body, starting at the, the tailbone, ending at the top of the head, the crown, and those seven main chakras really dictate much of our physicality, okay? And that's why we probably focus on it so much is because we as humans have really kind of like dumbed down our, our awesomeness in this world. And we, it's almost like the human body is too complex for people to, to comprehend fully. So we just make it really simple instead of thinking about all the different systems and, and how everything intertwines with each other. It's like, we want to separate each organ and each gland and even just each extremity to try to make it just simple. Okay. So I think we've tried to simplify and choose to only focus on the seven major chakras but there are actually 21 minor chakras as well as 86 micro chakras in the human body. Okay. Now there's also chakras in animals. Okay. But they're slightly different than humans. So we're just going to talk about the humans today. So this makes a total of 114 chakras. Okay. That's a lot. That is, especially when you're thinking about you only knew about seven, right? Like that's a lot of chakras you didn't even know existed within you. And then we start feeling a little guilty that we've been ignoring all these chakras. Here I was buying all the crystals to heal these chakras, doing all the things I needed to. And I've been avoiding all these other ones. Okay. But the fact is they all intertwine and correlate with each other. So we have to recognize that any self-work that we've been doing is beneficial on every level of our being. Okay. Now, beyond those 114 chakras, we actually have 72,000 energy channels, okay? And this is where the prana or vital energy moves through. So this is where we think of um, how we are tuning into the meridians when we're using things like acupuncture, acupressure, reflexology, okay? So that's how that all comes together. And really when we start looking at it, the body is just like, it's just a marvelous thing. And I started my journey in really understanding the physical Western idea of the human body. And you know, it didn't really even matter how much I understood it. It still wasn't changing my lack of physical health, right? It wasn't until I started doing this um, bigger, more energetic spiritual journey and learning about things like chakras that really started making things make sense to me and allowing me to truly heal, okay? So I'm, I'm hoping to just hearing some of this will 
maybe inspire you to start digging into some places that maybe you've been avoiding as well. So our chakras are energy centers and they're energy centers that are within our body. So running along inside of us in the center. Okay. They have two openings. Okay. So now for the majority of our chakras, they're there's an opening to the front of our body and an opening at the back of our body. So almost like it's a funnel coming in to our body, narrowing right at the spot of the actual chakra and then funneling out of the body again. Okay. So front to back with the exception of our root and our crown chakra. So our first and our seventh, and those ones actually run head to toe. So, our root chakra that's seated at the very base of our spine funnels downwards to the earth, okay, coming into that root chakra and then a direct energy line going up through each and every chakra through our body up to the crown chakra at the top of our head, which then funnels upwards, okay, to the heavens. Okay, so those two are connected. They don't go front and back, okay? Now, these energy centers are not just what we think of as separate from our organs or glands, muscles, bones, anything like that. These energy centers actually are the larger system that houses all of the other um, bones and and muscles and tissue and, and organs in our body, okay? So when, for example, we're looking at our root chakra, that first chakra, it houses not only our hips and our pelvis and our tailbone and that lower spine, but it also houses our genitals. It houses our um, large intestine. It houses part of our reproductive system. It houses our legs, our knees, our ankles, feet. Like it's a, it's a very large system. And in that is the it's the tissues and it's the cells and it's every part that makes a human a human. Okay. So we've got that energy center that encompasses all of that. Okay. And then as we go up through our chakras, so say if we go up into our sacral, there's an overlap. Okay. It's not like this direct defined line that is like splitting us into segments. Okay. These chakras overlap energetically. So part of what's in the sacral chakra in terms of our reproductive system, our kidneys, um, our lower digestive system is also part of that root chakra. Okay. So they work together. This is why it kind of makes me giggle when people say that they just have, you know, this chakra is broken. (laughs) which it is not, or this chakra is closed, or this chakra is blocked. And I think it's very, just not a valid assessment of our own health. Because if one is struggling, that means all of your chakras are struggling. So there may be more of a, where the root issue is, okay, not, not in sense of the root chakra, but where the beginning of those issues were, but then it trickles to everything else. So it's almost like if we think about, you know, sand pouring through an hourglass, 
right? If you block off at any point on any side of that hourglass, it is going to affect the entire flow all the way through. Okay. And so the same goes for your body. If you have a block in your heart chakra, you, your, your throat and your solar plexus that are closest to it are definitely going to be more affected, but then you're still going to have this lack of flow in the other chakras moving outwards from that heart chakra. Okay. So it's recognizing that all of your chakras and then all of your organs and all of your uh, endocrine system and circulatory system and emotions and mental processes are going to struggle. Okay. We are a full being and there, it, it's just not possible for one part of us to just have an issue without the rest of us um, feeling some resonance from that issue. Okay. So when we do have maybe an issue in that chakra and we're wanting to look at which one do I want to focus on first, because like, let's get through 114 of them. Okay. But first let's just focus on one. So how we know which chakra we're struggling with the most is focusing on maybe where we're having some issues. Okay. So things like where we have extra weight, okay, where we have reoccurring aches, pains, um, discomforts. At the beginning of these blockages, it is just that it's, it's, it's random, it doesn't really feel like there might be a pattern or cycle to it. Um, so we might be stubbing our toe more often. Maybe we're having some back pain and it keeps showing up in one spot or neck pain, right? Maybe we've broken the same finger, you know, three times or sprained it, or there's, you know, scarring on it. There's always some issue going on there. Okay. Whatever it is, it starts giving us, our body starts giving us some signs. There's something going on. Okay. Now, whatever body part you're, you're injuring or that's, um, having some pain, illness issues, it relates to a chakra center. So it's just about figuring out what body part relates to which chakra. And then it's about healing that chakra. Okay. And then moving outwards from there. So when I see people that have created chronic illness and disease, this is due to there being a an avoidance or a blockage in a chakra for a fairly significant amount of time. Okay. Disease comes after time. Chronic illnesses come after time, right? It's that there was something going on. We avoided, we, we didn't deal. It kept getting bigger and bigger and worse and worse and worse and worse and worse until we needed to put a label on it. And then we say, well, now this is, this is my label. This is what I have in it. And, and it's part of me. It can't go anywhere, but that's not true. It only showed up in your life to teach you, to bring you an awareness of where you were struggling or where you were avoiding. And your body is just this really beautiful messenger. Okay. It's a messenger for your soul. So when there's avoidance on a soul level, you're not moving through your your, your lessons, you're, you're not growing, um, in any aspect, because maybe you are in some, but there's obviously in some aspects, you're not, your body will then take a hold and create something for you. It will create, 
um, continuous injuries or aches or pains or extra weight, okay? And it's not doing it to further harm you. It's doing it because we really did choose these bodies to be perfect and pure in this life. And we told ourselves before we got here that we would pay attention if there was something wrong with our physical vessel and that we wouldn't ignore it. And it would be our sign that we need to address things and do things a little different. Unfortunately, starting at very young ages, we have been taught to avoid and ignore all these little things, right? So we even have this little injury and we hear, suck it up. It's not a big deal. Get over it, right? So we start avoiding really quickly, okay? We have stomach aches because we're nervous and anxious um, and we're told it's all in our head. We start having these you know, interesting aches, pains, or, or even viruses and bacterial things. We get, we start getting sick, right? Um, when certain things are coming up in life and we're told once again, it's all in your head and, or maybe you've just got a weak immune system. We start creating all sorts of dialogue around this to, to normalize it really. Um, and once again, it's really more just an avoidance. Like we just don't want to deal with anything, right? So if we just give it a name, then now that it has a name, we can put it under the rug. Okay. But it's there to, to guide you and teach you so that you can do it a little different, clear it up, and it no longer has to exist. And we indeed did create all of those moments. So I have a very solid belief and it comes from my own experience and having a lot of different diagnosis that we create every single thing, not only in our body, but in our life. And so, yes, I did create my multiple sclerosis and I did create my irritable bowel syndrome and I did create my loss of eyesight and I did create my acid reflux and I did create my chronic back pain. And, you know, the list goes on and on. I created it. But when we're looking at things from a point of playing the victim and we're no longer in control and we're mad at God or the world or other people for being healthy, we lose our power and we cannot move through it or receive the message that it was there. It was created there to be. Okay. So as hard as that is to hear for so many that, that you did create everything happening in your life, all of the the pain and the illness and disease and the turmoil and chaos. There's this empowerment in knowing that if you created it, then you are the one that can destroy it. Because if you didn't create it, my friend, you can't destroy it. Okay, which is why no matter how hard you try, pulling on other people's pains and torment it doesn't change their life for them. It just duplicates it and puts all of the chaos in your life too. Okay. You can't destroy what is not yours. Okay. So I love the understanding that all of these big things that can show up in our body, we created, we asked for it to teach us because we recognize that we would not just avoid it. That if it showed up in our body, we would have to take a deeper look and really choose differently. So thinking about 
where you're holding on to things, where you're having those aches, pains, and illnesses and doing a little digging and seeing what chakra does that correlate with. Okay. Now, another little trick to recognizing what chakra is um, maybe causing you some issues is your is how you're drawn to certain colors or how you are avoiding or disliking certain colors. Okay. So when you are not ready to heal a chakra, when it's definitely a blocked issue and an issue for you, but you are not in a space to actually start healing it and bringing awareness to it, you are going to dislike the color that represents that chakra. Okay, to the point of you're not going to have clothes in that color. You're not going to have home decor in that color. It's probably something that you see and you literally just would never put your hands on. You avoid it. You might even avoid foods in that color. Okay. So when people might ask you, what's your least favorite color? Instantly you go to it. Right. That's showing you that it is a block for you, but you're not, you're not mentally, emotionally, physically ready to address it yet. Okay. Now on the flip side of that, when you have a block and you are ready to start addressing it, you will start adding that color into your life in very subconscious ways. So for example, when I started looking back in my own journey, after I had really been in this for a little while, I started digging into chakras and wanting to understand how it resonated with um, Western medicine in the ways that I knew it, I had all these like big aha moments. And I thought, okay, so first and foremost, my main issue was, um, my lower intestines and my multiple sclerosis, which had really taken this deep seated root in my hips and in my legs and my feet. And when I started looking at that, I went, okay, that's the root chakra. When I looked at the root chakra, I, I recognized, okay, this is all about survival. I'm feeling safe, feeling grounded, understanding our purpose and why we're here. And that was just like these lights going, oh my gosh. From a very young age, I had contemplated and attempted suicide over and over and over again. I had always recognized I didn't want to be in this world. I felt unsafe all the time, gone through so much abuse. I really lacked all sense of worth. And that just hit me like, ah, right, my root. Of course it's my root. And of course then my legs took um, a beating through this, really. It, it's, it's, they didn't work. I, I didn't see myself as having a purpose or a path here. And in terms, my legs stopped working. I wasn't going to move forward anymore. They just went kaput. Okay. And then I went, oh my goodness. Okay. So a year before I was diagnosed, I bought a red car. Oh, and then I bought red couches for my first house. Oh, and then I painted my kitchen red and I lo started looking back at pictures and I was like, wow, do I, did I ever wear red a lot? Even dyed my hair red. I thought, okay, so my system was showing me 
that I was moving into a space to be ready to start healing this root chakra and this big, this big issue in my life. Now, I didn't. I didn't do the work. I didn't dig in. I tried for a very small amount of time, really got triggered, didn't know what to do with myself, went into a bigger space. Then, of course, was um, had this probable diagnosis of MS, um, spiraled, sat in that for years. And I kind of think like, okay, well, how cool? Because my body, my system was really showing me that I was ready to do the work even though I didn't know what the work was and I was hiding out. So I definitely wasn't allowing anybody to show up in my life to guide me in any way. And I sat in that for, ooh, I'm going to say it was about seven years that I sat in that for before I started doing any, any real inner work. And I still look back and think how cool, how cool that our subconscious can really guide us and prepare us into what we're needing when we're not really maybe mentally or physically prepared for it yet. Okay. So then I started looking at the rest of my life and I, and I do this constantly about what I'm drawn to versus what I have an aversion to. Okay. So I had lots of abuse, um, of all kinds, a very predominant one was um, sexual abuse that showed up in my life from a very young age. And I, in turn, had a lot of blocks around my sacral. I, just, just FYI, I had blocks all the way from top to bottom. Okay, so it's been a progress of working all the way through them throughout this last um, decade of my healing. And that sacral chakra, it really showed up. So even today, I still can't eat an orange. True story. Like it is a running joke around here. Um, I cannot eat an orange. Funny enough, though, all my other favorite fruits and vegetables are all orange. So there's definitely something like I'm willing to do enough of the work, but there's it's my system's always like, but there's a little bit more there waiting for you. And we're going to keep reminding you every time somebody puts an orange in the fridge and puts your name on it to just remind you that you're not quite all the way through it. Right. So recognizing that as much as you do this work, you may not allow yourself to get all the way through, or maybe there's just, there's a process, there's a timeline that we need to do so much in all of our chakras and all of our meridians before we maybe circle back to some of those really deep-seated wounds and issues, okay? So we kind of talk a little bit about how these blocks show up, but I also want to recognize that when you have healed a chakra and it has become completely balanced and functioning, you no longer crave that color, but you're also not you don't have an aversion to that color. It almost becomes neutral. So you know all those colors in your life that really are just like, they're colors, <laughs> right? You don't love them and you don't hate them. They're just a color, right? So you might, they're, they're the addition to your life. They're the ones that are kind of free flowing. You add in when you need to, right? When you're feeling drawn, but they're not your, your main go-tos or avoidances, okay? And that's kind of the goal and kind of how, one of the ways you can, understand if you've really shifted through something is that color just becomes a color 
Now saying that color therapy is freaking amazing and you can use different colors relating to those chakras to really help you in your life. So um, one of my keys um, at Divine and even in my home is I use a lot of light blue, which aids honest communication because that is like my thing in this world. Um, Hence the name of this podcast, right? I'm all about truth. I'm all about putting it out there, having these really big conversations, recognizing that we get nowhere in life without this, this dialect. So I put blue everywhere and I don't do it because I, I crave it or I'm trying to avoid it. I do it for a lot of purpose because I understand the strength and the power within it. Okay. And that is a really great way to use color relating to the chakras to get everybody else to open up theirs. Okay. So when you're healing your chakras, um, there's a, just a gazillion, I'm sure ways to do that. And I'm just going to touch kind of briefly on a few of them. So one, use your crystals. Crystals are a really easy way, um, carrying them with you, putting them into jewelry, putting them on your body, putting, um, as you meditate, putting them, um, under your mattress as you sleep, um, if you're not sure which ones to use for which chakra, there's you can definitely um, pick up some books on it or think about the color, right? So crystals typically that are red, um, even going into browns and blacks can be really great for your, your root. Um, thinking orange for your sacral, yellow for your solar plexus, and just continuing on that way, okay? You can use essential oils right? Just smelling them or place them on, doing a roll on, putting it on or around that, that chakra that you're working on is really beneficial. Okay. Um, you can use color therapy, like I said, so wearing clothes. Um, if you're having a big aversion to that color, you might want to use it in underwear or something like that, that can be underneath. Or one of my favorite things to do is using it as bed sheets, right? You spend half of your life in your bed. Why not use that time to heal your body, um, in a very effortless, easy way. Okay. And of course, then we can use it in foods, right? The things that we're putting in our body can also help to heal us. Other things we can do is, um, energy sessions, right? Reiki sessions, pranic sessions, sound healing, um, all of that can really help to, to clear out those chakras, rebalance them. We can also use guided chakra meditations. So guys, like I created this podcast over a year ago, um, for a class that I was doing online and so that they had access to some of my guided meditations. So if you go right back to the beginning of our episodes, there is a guided chakra meditation and it takes you through a process to cleanse and clear and then balance each of your seven main chakras. Okay. So listen to it as often as you need, um, taking time to maybe even pause and focus on certain chakras that you, you feel drawn to in those moments. And do the inner work, like start making a list, right? Start making a list about um, your noticing. Your noticing of where you've been in the past and the things you have craved or um, avoided, recognizing how it's been showing up in your life, and then recognizing maybe the feelings or beliefs that have been present at that time. Um, grab yourself some books, guys. It's like books are are such a good go-to um, because they're so tangible, right? We can look things up online, but 
it's harder to access, right? Because you find something really amazing and then you close everything out for the day or the week, whatever it may be, and then it's gone and you will search tirelessly trying to find it again. So grab yourself some really good um, chakra books. I know we have quite a few here. They're super easy to get in any store that you go to at this point. It's a, it's a very big topic for people. And start really digging in and learning about these. Or if you're listening to podcasts or you're researching online, start making notes and and taking some accountability because the more you know, the more you'll grow. Okay, so I hope this helped a little bit. Um, I know that it inspires me to dig in and learn even more about the, the other chakras that I have not versed myself in. And I hope maybe it's inspired you to do a little bit of the same. And if nothing else, maybe given you some clarity on the fact that what has been created in your body, you were completely in control of. And the symptoms or um, signs that your body is giving you is just these beautiful messages for you to dig in and focus some energy and attention on that specific Um, body part or chakra, which then relates to lots of different beliefs and emotions and start going through that process to find maybe a whole new understanding of your own inner journey and your own inner healing. And until next time, I thank you. Bye-bye. Yay!